Be attentive. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to Titus. Let us be attentive. Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on those things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men. But avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need and to not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Peace be to you. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. 
Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Peace be to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Recently, I was watching a movie, and the movie involved a father and his two children. The father had just become a widow, and he was trying to sort out this new life. He was supposed to have been the one who died, but unfortunately, his wife died and he recovered from his illness. So he was debating what to do with his life now and what to do with the children. He decided to go back to his wife's hometown and see if he could find some direction, some healing, some peace, not only for him but for his children. And as a side story, there's a lighthouse in that community. And that lighthouse was very dear to his wife. And during the movie, there's different things that happen, but one of the things that happens is that he starts to feel something for this lighthouse. He feels as if in some way, maybe by restoring it, because it's no longer functional, it's fallen apart, that in some way he can connect with his departed wife. So he makes the choice that he's going to go and check out the lighthouse. And it's in terrible condition. The light doesn't work. The wiring is all rusted. The stairs are broken. It's in dilapidated condition. But he makes the choice to start little by little renovating it. And he starts by fixing the foundation. He starts by fixing the stairs. And then he goes and looks at the power supply and redoes the wiring. Eventually, he gets the lighthouse working. And in a way, he feels not only a connection with his wife, but he feels like he's gotten new direction. But then his daughter gets into a boat wreck during a storm, and it's not until that happens does he understand the value of that lighthouse, because it's through the light of that lighthouse that she's rescued. So why am I talking about a lighthouse? In today's gospel, we hear that Christ saying that you are the light of the world. He asks us to go out and share that light, 
spread it to people, not for us, but so that people will give glory to God. And in today's hymn to the fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council, we hear how they were radiant lights. This is what the saints are, radiant lights. But the question is, how did they become radiant lights? How are we to become radiant lights to share the message of the gospel to the world? The example, the illustration of this story in the movie, I think provides some clues. First, it's making a choice. It's looking at our lives and seeing how messed up they are in certain areas. How many broken things there are, how many cobwebs there are, how many things need fixing. And it's making the choice to start in a small way fixing those things. Starting to get a foundation that's rooted in Christ, that's rooted in his commandments, a way of life that starts to be more Christ-centered rather than us or the world-centered. In that way, it prepares us. It prepares our soul. It reignites that flame of the Holy Spirit that we received at baptism in chrismation. But just because we received that flame of the Holy Spirit at that time, we need to do more. We need to be connected to an energy source. That lighthouse doesn't go on if there's no power. We need power, we need that Holy Spirit. And we get that by preparing ourselves through prayer, through reading scripture, through redirecting our lives so it's God-centered, by attending services, by being kind to others. All of that prepares our soul to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit, not something that we can bring upon ourselves, but that God bestows upon us in those moments when he feels we're ready for it. But there's more to that. We can be connected to the church. We can be connected to God. We can make the choice to have our life go in a certain direction. But we have to climb up those stairs of the lighthouse and we have to look at that light. We have to look at the optics of the light, the lenses. We have to look at the prisms. We have to look at, is it dirty? Are there things in our lives that we have kind of double lives? We like to present one image of us, but really what's going inside in us is another image. So we cover up or don't want to show what's really within us. So we keep that dirt within us, but we show something else, whether it's on social media, whether it's around our colleagues at work or in activities. We can't be afraid of showing who we are as Christians. We have to allow ourselves, whether it's feeling shame, whether it's feeling fear, to know that those feelings will go away if we're rooted in Christ, 
in preaching his truth, in preaching his message. But we have to be careful because there are a lot of different messages being preached today. And we have to be certain that we're rooted in the truth. We hear a lot of things and sometimes it's very easy to pick and choose. But we have to go back to Christ, to the Holy Fathers, to the saints, and make sure that what we are believing and what we want to express is the truth of Christ. Finally, there's one more thing that has to happen. We have to turn that light on. We can have the most beautiful lighthouse in the world, but if no one ever turns it on, what good is it? The other thing is we can't just turn it on at some times and turn it off at others. As a sailor on the sea, if someone turns the lighthouse on and you're navigating and then they turn it off, you can't find your direction to where you're going or what to avoid. That light has to be on continually. It has to shine no matter what the circumstances are. And we have to stand strong no matter what the circumstances are. In what we say and how we act, what we say to our children, to our grandchildren, to those around us. And we have to be understanding that sometimes that will create tension, that will create difficult situations. We may lose friends. We also have to realize, as it said in the epistle, that we have to avoid stupid controversies. We have to avoid things that aren't going to lead to anything that's productive for us or for those in which we are speaking to. We can present the gospel to people, but if they aren't ready and willing to accept it, we have to have the discernment to understand what the best approach is to take in that situation. My brothers and sisters in Christ, a lighthouse is an incredible thing. It is the thing that can, if it's not working, bring destruction. And on the other hand, it can bring salvation and safety to those who are navigating the seas. As we're navigating these seas in our interesting, confused, troubled, violent times, we have that light within us, the Holy Spirit. We have the light of the saints who've given us direction. We have the light of Christ. All we need to do is follow that, stay connected to that. In this world, we have to shine our light. If we don't shine our light, all that's gonna happen is there's gonna be more darkness and more darkness and more darkness. It's up to us. And it isn't anything where we have to speak in front of large audiences, large crowds. It's speaking to those that are just around us. If you look at the Apostle Andrew, the Apostle Andrew received Christ, and what did he do? He ran and told his brother, Peter, that's it. 
nothing more. But by telling that one person, what did Peter do on Pentecost? 3,000 people came to the church and many, many more after that. Every single life that we come in contact with is an opportunity to express and show that light. Whether the person accepts it or not, that's not up to us. But if we never show that light, we don't know what impact it may have on those people. May we go out today and go into this world and shine Christ's light brightly so that we can illuminate it and let the darkness disappear. Amen.